Hey everyone, welcome to Hey Sis, I Need to Vent. I'm Fuita. And I'm Tracy. We are so, so excited for you to join us today. We have an extra special guest joining us on this episode. Um, Jane Henry, the founder of Once a Month, a wonderful organization operating in South Africa, supporting young girls and women to access um, sanitary products. Hey, Jane. Hi. Hi, Tracy. Hi, hi Joe. How are you guys doing? No, we're really good. Not bad, girl. Yeah, we're good. We're super, super excited to have you join. Um, so um, Jane reached out to us on Instagram saying that she mm-hmm. really, really wanted to vent about um, <laughs> period poverty. Jane is a menstrual activist and she's going to tell us what all that's about. But um, when she reached out, I was super, super excited because period poverty is something that I'm super passionate about. It's somewhat, something that's so close to my heart. And I'm so I am so grateful to Jane for reaching out to us and for sort of pushing us to have this conversation because it's a conversation that needs to be had. We need to talk yes, about this definitely. so much. And yeah, so thank you so much, Jane. Thanks for reaching You're out. <laughs> Thanks for actually having me. I was having a bit of cold feet while I was sending the Instagram message to you guys to ask if I could be on this podcast. So, you know, just I thank you so much no worries thank you so tracy i'd like you had a very interesting reaction to jane's message when she initially sent it so initially when i saw her message i was like okay she looks like a nice girl no shade to you jane but i was like who wants to talk about periods really (laughs) okay i kind of understand what trace where tracy's coming from and with the whole thing of uh, periods like who wants to talk about periods you know and I think it's just it's an mm. it's a, it, I don't want to say it's unfortunate but it's a sad thing that that it has like kind of been passed on through from generation to generation to generation just to kind of be silent about it um so Jane um can you tell us a little bit yeah. about yourself and um yeah what brought you to this um to being a menstrual activist um okay so basically I started once a month just as a basic random act of kindness and I started it just by myself when I was 15 about two years ago three years ago three years ago and uh, basically once a month is just a nonprofit that is striving to end period poverty and menstrual stigma in South Africa through service education and empowerment and um, so far we've been able to distribute about 3,000 sanitary pads and we currently help about 650 a woman and young girls every month so yeah it's just a wrap of what once a month mm. is yeah that's really incredible so what brought you to starting this organization what inspired you what was the um the call to action i think um mm. like I'm, I'm not gonna say that i've always been passionate about menstruation <laughs> or periods or uh, menstrual equity and all that I kind of had to teach myself about it mm. um, and I had to kind of become more comfortable with it and trying to realize that it's it's I have to see it as a superpower almost you know what I mean and I had to do research and stuff like mm. that before I could you know um, be more open about it and talk about it because I knew that if I wanted to start this a non-profit and if I wanted to become an activist for menstruation and menstrual equity I needed to 
um, be more comfortable with it. And yes. Yeah, 100%. And mm. it's exactly that. You're absolutely right, Jade, in saying that it's an education piece. Because even for me, I can say that this is a topic I'm super passionate about, but I only became passionate about this maybe three, four years ago when this really started being a global conversation. When people started talking about um, the stories of women in Nepal who are actually ostracized and literally forced to stay in a period hut because yes. of the cultural shame attached to menstruation. Yes. So that's the thing that really made me start thinking about it. And I started looking into it a little bit more. And it's absolutely that an education piece. You need to research and you need to get your facts to really understand the impacts that period poverty has on women. I totally get you. And I hope that with the session that we'll have now, we can definitely educate other people about it. And um, also you, Tracy, so you can, you know, get to know more about it as well. I, I've also been in like, like when you were talking about how you got to learn about it about three years ago, same here also, like definitely, I think around the same timing, five years ago, something like that. And um, it started for me when I, when I actually started to notice the stigma. Do you know what I mean? And I started mm. to question, why is it that whenever I'm going through this thing, which I did not ask for, <laughs> I did not ask for it. There are so <laughs> many um, kind of invisible laws put in place mm. that I shouldn't talk about it. I shouldn't say anything about it. And people are supposed to look at me weirdly when I'm ha- when I'm on it, you know? Yes. And so I think it, mm. it started there. And then when I started to actually research how other people are influenced by it and it was almost like the magnitude was greater by far. I mean, how can how can you tell me just because of something that's naturally happening to me, I should be in isolation from my family. I shouldn't eat certain foods, you know. And most importantly, mm-hmm. I should um, I shouldn't you know participate in in different activities or stuff like, especially sports. Like it's predominantly sports where women aren't really allowed in uh, to participate in whatever sports that they love to do just because they are you know menstruating and it's you know it's it's a topic that no one really wants to speak about and i think being a menstrual activist and trying to get people in like to understand like you said educate people Mm -hmm. um, about the issues just like i was educated about the issues so that i can you know speak up for it Something that I'm really keen to do is to actually give the listeners a definition of what period poverty is. Because I know we're saying it feels like it's self-explanatory, but then what is it? What is, Jane, could you give us like that definition? Okay, cool. So period poverty is basically like not having sanitary pads or any menstrual product really to um, use during, um, you know, when you're menstruating and stuff like that during that time of the month. And it also includes like not having proper menstrual Mm. hygiene education or like toilets and hand washing facilities or like a waste management system in your community or in your country or whatever. Um, So that that all kind of categorizes as period poverty. Well, I think the most popular kind of definition is just not having, you know, not Mm. having when you need. Mm. I think that's the most important that we need to kind of Mm -hmm. focus on with what period poverty is. And, you know, it affects so many people around the world, so many women around the world and half the population are women. So, I mean, it's a lot of women that it it does affect women and young girls. So, yeah. That's crazy because I saw on um, um, globalcitizen.com when I was doing my research for this podcast that actually it's more than 800 million people, women, 
every single day who menstruate. Yeah. 800 million guys. Hmm. A so lot this, of women. <laughs> this is a lot of women. Yeah. And if you, it's a lot of blood. You, it's, it's a lot of, yeah, absolutely. It's a lot of blood. And then if you yeah. think about it, like what you say, Jen, is half the world's population are menstruating. You can think about just how many people are affected by period poverty. Mm. And I think it's important to say, like right at the top of this, that it's, period poverty isn't, isn't ex- exclusive to developing countries or countries that are in the global south. Definitely. It affects everybody whether you're it's a global issue it's a global issue yeah definitely wow i mean relating it to myself (laughs) okay so i have experienced period poverty apparently there was a time you know uh, things were tough and i had to uh, use something for a day or two so that's what you mean by period poverty yeah i think when we talk about um period poverty yeah that does include um, but also, you know, with the numbers, just so I don't forget, with the numbers that uh, 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 Joe said with the 800 million, what I've come to kind of realize is that because of this issue, not a lot of women speak about it, like if they are going through it. And that mm-hmm. also covers with the shame. Just like I said, um, just like Tracy said, actually, where she said that she's also been in that situation and she doesn't even know if it's period poverty or not you see so it's because that topic isn't really driven into society to talk about and sometimes that number can be higher sometimes it can be less um because obviously thank goodness with the organizations that have been set up around the world to combat this issue um but you know it's it's not only like you said it's not only fortunate people or developed people people in developing world um, ex- uh, not to experience it's a global thing but then like something that keeps coming out as we're talking is this um i guess stigma around period poverty and this social silencing around talking about yeah. around for women to like women can't even talk about it freely which and i think is a big reason why the issue has become as big as it has because it's not something that we've ever women and just globally we've never really spoken about it but mm. what let's just explore that for a minute like why is it that we don't talk about it i feel the reason why we don't speak about it is because of course education that's number one people don't want to listen to it because they're like they're not educated about it and when they are educated about it it's never a positive it's never in a positive light Mm. do you see what i mean yeah so when you Mm -hmm. like let's say for instance a girl just started menstruating right in different households there's a different reaction to it and most likely it's a negative reaction to it and it's not an educative in a positive way kind of reaction to um you know your first period and stuff like that and so i feel like the biggest factor obviously to the stigma is um is education and getting the proper education and I think a lot of it, when it comes to menstrual stigma, it comes from how women we initially learn about mm-hmm. periods. Um, like you guys, how did you guys learn about periods? Um, I learned about periods in school, I think in primary school, mm-hmm. maybe grade standard seven. But there was always laughter around it and, you know, a whole lot of embarrassment. I never really think I actually properly learned about periods and menstrual health. And I only learned about the reproductive mm. system properly in my tw- damn twenties. Wow. I'm I'm gonna put myself out there. I only learned last year that the um what is it the urethra and the vagina are two different things. 
when I was talking about him. Oh I'm serious. Like I'm serious. Oh, I started looking no. getting menstrual cups. And then I was like, will I be able to pee? Mm. And then my coworker was like, girl, you know, they're two different holes, right? I'm like, oh, okay. Do you know, like this, this is more common than you think because I didn't realize, well, no, I was a little bit different, guys. I thought the pee comes out of the clitoris. And it's oh, no. <laughs> you guys, and no. this is like, this is actually, I learned this in my 20s as well. Mm. Really, you can see biology was in my subject, guys, mm. sorry. But <laughs> I genuinely thought that like my pee came out of the clitoris. And guess who told me what the real the real real you'll never believe who told me? A man. My little brother. <laughs> my my brother. My little brother. Oh no. He was like, I don't know what we're talking about. And then Kuzi was just like, No, you know, dude, no 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 no, you've got two holes down there. I was like, Huh? No, you got two holes. Go in the go in the bathroom and get a mirror and have a look. And that's how I discovered myself. But then this is all very valid because it just goes to show you that the education piece around the re- reproductive system, around women in our bodies, when not we taken are, care of. it's not taken care of. It's not being done effectively Absolutely. enough. It's shrouded in secrecy. It's shrouded in shame. It's shrouded in giggles. And um, the teacher being at the front of the room thinking, oh, I just need to teach this. Let me just get through it quickly and not really taking time to ensure that the kids understand. 100%. That's why one of the um, one of the missions of Once a Month is actually to elevate women healthcare because we recognize that a lot of women, especially in, I don't want to say especially in Africa, but unfortunately it's, it's a predominant issue. Women health is just not taken care of at all. Like no one's mm. paying attention to it. Um, while I was back in school, I never really learned it um, in depth, um, and yeah. it's very sad. It's it's um, it's it's sad. It's, I yeah, can't absolutely. Say it. Yeah, like yeah, I was really fortunate, I guess I should say that. Um, at school, they sort of dedicated a whole day just to um, menstrual health and the reproductive system. Boys mm. and girls were separated, which I thought really helped as well. In terms, of, but then we all received the same lesson, but separate. And I think it's a, it kind mm. of helped because I think it that could help, though. Yeah, yeah, it minimized the giggles. We all yeah. had the exact same lessons. Girls learn about periods and um, contraception and the reproductive system. Boys also learn about periods, wet dreams, and whatever else happens to boys. It was a really productive day. But then what it meant for me is that I went home give, instilled with the knowledge mm. about periods. But um, yeah. I guess my question to you, Jane, how did you learn about it? Well, firstly, when um, my first menarch wasn't the greatest experience. Mm. My first period wasn't the greatest because I remember very weirdly my mom's response to me getting my first period was quite um i just i didn't know how to take it in firstly because mm-hmm. she got on her, her she got on her knees and she started praying i was like what <laughs> she started Sorry. praying and she was singing songs to god and i was like yeah, okay so what is this thing now like <laughs> i was like and at the time i was never educated about it you know mm-hmm. and so the way it was dealt with was wasn't the best way. I mean, my, that's her special way of probably maybe maybe celebrating it. But um, for other uh, parents, they actually have parties for their children, like full on parties for them. Yeah, oh, yeah, I've heard this. But was your mom? I mean, just going back to you for a sec. 
your mom was she praying but praying in jubilation and giving thanks or yeah. was she praying more in worry no she was giving things to god i was asking oh, okay because actually what yeah. it means is that my little, my little girl can have a bee my, that's what she was celebrating i love that oh, wow. i love yeah. it yeah that's that's actually but then did she sit you down afterwards and like no discuss she with never, you? never did that she only so put how- a she only gave me a pack of sanitary pads showed me how to put it on but she never really talked me through what menstruation is but she just said okay now this is what you're gonna have um once every month and then she gave me like a book i think mm-hmm. um just to kind of track it mm-hmm. but she was very concerning though like i remember on my first uh the first so it was a school night um the next day of course i had to go back to school um mm-hmm the next day and then I had this little bag and I was, it was so cute but I had so much shame around it I was so scared and I you know I, I didn't know what was going on because no one really taught me and I was in the car in the morning going to school in the car my dad was like mm, your mom told me what happened last night and I was like yeah, I don't know what happened and then he was like just don't let boys touch you and you know also when you were talking about um you, someone I think Tracy or Oh, Joe said something about oh now you can get pregnant. Oh, was, that was it Tracy? Yeah, no, it was me. It was me, Huizi. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, so that was something, of course, that my dad took and said to me. And said um, to you, yeah. And I didn't really get any education about it. I think it was at school, but as we talked about, school isn't really the best place to get it sometimes. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. sometimes it's better from your parents because you feel more comfortable with them and thank goodness I was in an all-girls school so I mean it was something all the girls were going through at the time oh, and that makes a difference yeah but it's funny because we were never like, we never ever spoke about it which was absolutely like with each other do you know what I mean mm-hmm, like there would be mm-hmm. certain girls that would be outspoken about mm-hmm. it but then those girls would be slammed and I'd, I'd wonder why like I'd think okay well why are they being slammed about talking about this thing that I'm going through and stuff like that? And so we never really encouraged that kind of conversation. And for me, I just had to... 100%. And I think yeah. um, with people not wanting to talk about it and people not engaging with it, um, I think that all goes back to the stigma and the sort of attitudes around it. And sometimes I think, obviously, the people that you'd expect to be naturally talking about this issue are other women but i have to say that when it comes to periods and um just menstruation women we've been really complicit in silencing each other yeah and that really starts from the like when we start um how we're educated about periods and how we communicate among ourselves um Mm. researching into this um I found that apparently there are around 5,000 euphemisms yeah. used for the word period. There's mm. um, flow, there's the rug, my reds, the curse. Me and my friends used to call it Auntie Mary between ourselves. <laughs> wow. Uh, like, oh God, Auntie Mary's come to visit. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> and like every single time you say it, it's like, it's a negative thing, isn't it? And it's almost like it's the secret language that's developed between us women Mm. uh, but it's not a positive thing it's it actually shows a really sad side of um periods and how we think about them because it just reinforces the idea of menstruation being something that's shameful and something that just has to be hidden yeah definitely i get you 100 percent. i think talking about it in that light can be positive and it can be negative as well like Mm -hmm. sometimes women 
um, they like to take, take it as a thing that it's between them in a way that it's in a positive way. So for instance, um, I had like a friend group and when we talked about periods, we were like, um, you know, we said stuff like, oh, it's finally here or something like that. And then we were like, really? And then we started having like positive conversations about it. And we were like, I got mine like last week. Like, are we sinking? You know what I mean? And so I think that's then a positive light. But then when you start saying stuff like the curse, like (laughs) it's not a curse. And when you start saying it like that, then people start to believe it, that it's a curse. Mm. Um, And it's not like, it's not. And there's a difference between talking about it um, keeping it a secret and keeping it private, right? Oh, this, those yeah. are there are three differences between those three things when you talk about euphemisms and also just like talking about menstruation. Like when people talk to me, they're like, "Dude, why are you even a menstrual activist?" Like you're kind of forcing people to always want to talk about it, and you're always talking about it. And I and I say you don't have to talk about it. I'm not like putting a gun to your head telling you you have to say the word menstruation 100 percent all the time. I'm just saying, well, like, let's not keep it a secret. Like, let's let's not try and abide to these invisible laws um, about, no. you know, menstruation and stuff like that. So, yeah, as you, you know, it's, it's a positive and a negative thing to have euphemisms for it. But I think once we start to use the euphemisms to try and make other people more comfortable and, you know, that word like menstruation shouldn't be said. Yeah, it's, um, it's not something that is positive. I'm sure Jane agree. It's important to bring men into the conversation about periods. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Because those men will grow up to be fathers of young girls. Yeah. And so, what if mommy's not around? You know, like what what will they tell their daughters? They'd really benefit from menstrual hygiene education as well. Yeah. Yeah. Of course they do, definitely. And I think just adding them into the conversation just kind of breaks down the, uh, the stigma. Mm-hmm. It breaks down the stigma when you add men into the conversation. And so I feel like most girls, I think I've experienced this before, they are, um, when they, they can't talk to guys about <laughs> it, yeah. like their boyfriends or, or whatever, like, or even their husbands, like they just can't, like they can't talk to guys about it. And whenever like they leak, which is like a very natural, not a natural thing, but I mean, it's sometimes inevitable. Mm. It's, um, then it's like, oh, you leaked. And then it's like gross. And like, all the guys are like looking and laughing. Like I know there's some, um, we did a trip one uh, once to distribute sanitary pads to this um, children's home. And this girl tapped me on the back and she was like, what do you do when guys say you mm. gross to you mm. and then i ask her why why are girls uh, why are guys saying you and gross to you and she says because sometimes i leak and i don't have sanitary pads to use and i was like i, I took a pause for a second and i was like wow like i i was just introspecting you know for that second there and then i just say well just know your power you know and mm. then just know that we're here to help you so that, you know, you, you can always get sanitary pads and you don't have to leak anymore. And so, yeah, um, that's, that's where it stems from, really. Yeah. Um, the guys were telling her that, you know, that she's gross because she's menstruating. It's, it's not how it works, guys. Like, it's, you're not gross because you menstruate. But, uh, yeah, 
definitely it happens to a lot of women definitely. and it's, i think it's also that when you think about young girls when you're growing up um in high school around the time that your period starts that's when you start to get really interested in boys and a boy's yeah. a boy's opinion yeah. of you at that age can really shape how you perceive yourself so if the boys are definitely. out here saying ew 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 you are obviously mm. going to have a very negative feeling around um around your period so mm. i guess what we're trying to say here is that i think men definitely need to act as allies in fighting menstruation menstrual stigma mm-hmm. and for them to be definitely. allies it's around education as you say jane that's the most important thing just educating just getting to know it very important had it been those guys or those boys who said that to the girl knew about menstruation i think they wouldn't and they knew that their mothers were menstruating and that's probably how they got into the world and they would <laughs> they would know that it's okay let me hand her a pad let me not laugh at her if you know what i mean or tell her nicely yeah. um but yeah when women really don't have access to safe um sanitary products and have access to hygienic places where they can keep themselves clean and really maintain their dignity what happened one thing that i can always say about women is that we are resourceful but sometimes <laughs> when you really don't have the things yeah. that you think of or the things that you use are just really detrimental to your health i know in zimbabwe cotton wool is something that a lot of well women who are a little bit more privileged wow. may use cotton wool a lot of women use cotton wool or not privileged sorry who have maybe a little bit of money which use cotton wool others obviously who are privileged have access to pads but then people who can't even buy yeah. cotton wool are using towels they're using newspaper i'm, I'm sure you can even put other other examples yeah yeah mm. some women use plastic bags plastic how does bags? that think yeah how plastic does that bags. work honestly <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but i think you just i don't know i think it's because you know plastic bag is um waterproof mm-hmm. so it doesn't leak out right but it's not it's not a pad it's not a pad and it shouldn't be used that as one and it shouldn't be replaced with one like socks um uh, jeans like old clothing and i think the sad part is that most people it's a very ignored um part of um i don't want to say ignored let me not say ignored silence it's a type of woman that looks mm-hmm. which is homeless woman homeless woman right mm-hmm. and so those women they don't have anything <laughs> whatever money they have they will go and buy food because that's more important and so um expecting them with the little sense that they have to go and always budget for a sanit for a pack of sanitary pads at the grocery store it's it's not a very um you can't expect that right no you can't yes and honestly I want to cry but it touches my heart because these women would have to use like leaves and, oh, and wow. scraps and and things that are like that they find on the floor and sometimes reuse old clothing and and try and find the nearest tap if there is ever like water running to wash it off and mm. it's so mm. sad you know no woman has to feel no woman has can't should ever feel like that and um and then, yeah you know i think about the fact yeah. that when a woman goes through her period that's probably your most vulnerable time we feel emotional we are feeling hormonal Mm-hmm. so much so many emotions are going through us and if you much pain pain and if yeah. you if you don't have access to 
the right sanitary products, a safe space to be able to, and hygienic space to be able to look, to keep yourself clean and just your dignity. I can't, it's heartbreaking. Like, very, yeah, very, very heartbreaking. And I think that's another thing because we sort of started talking about the effects of not having access to those things. And it's important to say that period poverty, like not having access, it, it affects your mental health. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, like, yeah, it affects your mental health. It, it affects your self-esteem. Yeah. It affects your confidence. And, you know, I think about the times that I haven't had a pad and I've had to use tissue for, even if it was just for 30 minutes while I run to this job, inside yeah. myself, I'll be feeling scared. I'll be feeling... What if it leaks? What if it leaks? I'll be feeling so anxious. And I just, you know, you just won't be feeling yourself. So imagine yeah. that feeling for a really long and protracted time. I mean, Tracy, you made the example earlier that... um you had to use tissue for a couple of days how did that i had to use tissue and this was um you know later on in my life i was embarrassed i was ashamed i was all those feelings you mentioned fearful because i was at school i'm like if this it's not even what if i leak what if the tissue falls (laughs) what am i gonna say (laughs) (laughs) we laugh but it's true um actually that was one of my life defining moments i felt that that was the lowest of the low i'd ever reached and i made a decision that i never found myself in a position where i was Mm. so um unfinancially unstable to purchase pads and yeah from then on i just made sure that never 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 again so i can only imagine a woman who doesn't even have that option of saying Mm. this will never happen to me again because that's that lifestyle yeah and i mean you Mm. even said tissue let's talk about tissue there Mm. tissue is something you buy at the shops tissue i think Mm. tissue is actually more expensive sometimes than that's true um, uh pads you know but it it, it kind of varies though and so you, mm. you know you can't even buy tissue <laughs> but if you don't have money to buy pads of course you can't buy tissue as well right. especially in south africa so you know definitely um it's just, it's very sad and it's it's emotional when you actually sit down mm. and you start to think about it um and you start to like retrospect retrospectively think about it you know and try to put yourself in their shoes. I think it's the most important mm. thing. That's the only way you can actually learn. Empathy. And you visualize yourself there and you start to exactly start to have empathy. Uh-huh. I mean, um, but as you as we were talking about the psychology of it, definitely your it impacts a lot on your psychology because you know, once you start using stuff like rags and things you find on the floor, scraps and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I mean you start to feel like an animal. Oh wow. You yes. start you don't feel human anymore, you know? And so I think it's sad. That's definitely something that plays on and it plays on your confidence, definitely, and try to pick yourself up. I mean, most of the most of uh, the things, the period poverty mostly happens to um, homeless women. I mean, they're normally, normally the first person, first people, first group of people that are affected. And so these people are vulnerable, as we said, even though when they're not on their periods, when they are on their periods, they're vulnerable exposed um and even the mere fact that they're on the street mm. is just a confidence confidence um, killer demoralizer you know, what's mm. a d killer yes confidence yeah demoralizer and so now when it's time for menstruation it's far worse and you find women doing 
horrible things that they thought they would never do for sanitary pads. I think this happened in Kenya. Um, there were women who were selling their bodies for. I'm not yeah. even lying for sanitary pads. They are selling their bodies out of not even for free will. Wow. Some women are becoming drug addicts because of it. They are becoming drug moles because of it. Um, wow, wow. And this is you know, going into crime and stuff like that. So yeah. It happens. Gosh, and, and this naturally yeah. leads us into the conversation about empowerment. And um, it's just like about women being empowered to have the the skills, the knowledge, and the tools that they need to be able to make their own income. Yeah, and be very able, important. And that's and that's like a really big thing that a lot of women who are experiencing period poverty, some of them don't even have a way to sustain themselves or to live or to look after them. Yeah, they don't have a livelihood. Yeah, and an income as well, and like where they could make money and. Um, be empowered definitely it all boils down to that and I think that's also one going back to once a month that's one of the pillars of once a month or like the missions of once a month Mm -hmm. so once a month um, our missions are to empower women um, and girls um, economically to end period poverty and menstrual stigma and then to um, elevate women healthcare yeah and so i think it's a very important part if all those three kind of mash up and they connect with each other when a woman is educated about her health and um properly education uh, educated about menstruation she'll be able to um you know be Mm. empowered almost in a way yeah and yeah and then once she's um, empowered she can learn about her health and she can afford menstrual products and once she can afford menstrual products she can then be empowered and it all kind of works together those three those three missions and um going back to your question that you asked me um definitely it wasn't really a question was it no but um financial empowerment is is absolutely (laughs) important because um you know once you can make an uh, earn a living and you're stable and everything um, you can definitely afford sanitary pads. I mean, it correlates. If you have a need and you, if you have money and you, and you have a need, you use the money to buy the need. Uh-huh. To, you know. So yeah, definitely important. Gosh, definitely. yeah, absolutely. Gosh, there's so much to explore with this topic. But yeah. one thing that I really wanted us to just acknowledge for a second is the fact that we are going through this crazy pandemic with COVID-19 or coronavirus and came out um, of nowhere came out of nowhere you guys like (laughs) like 2020 is cancelled like that's for me 2020 just (laughs) refused happening you know 2021 was gonna be a year yeah I mean I mean hey 2020 can be a year too but like (laughs) (laughs) we can make it happen from home but like we're now stuck in this crazy loop and I'm um, mm-hmm. so conscious that one of the effects of COVID-19 is that like people are going to lose their livelihoods. People mm. are people are not going to have as much money as they do. Priorities in households are going to change. And jobs, jobs, job insecurity. security, so many things are going to happen. And one of the things that um, or priorities that are going to fall to the very bottom of the priority list is periods and things like sanitary products and that kind of stuff. Mm, yeah. Um Jane, I don't know what's your view on this. Like what's the what's the impact of COVID nineteen on periods or on women in particular? I think I think it has obviously a negative impact definitely on 
of course, as you said, the decisions now households have to start to make because mm-hmm. most people are not out of job or not earning anything because they can't go to work and stuff like that. So I think it's positive and negative, but the positives, it's more of like enlightening. So now people can um, actually start to put themselves in their shoes, literally mm-hmm. <laughs> put themselves in the shoes of the women who are experiencing this on a daily basis with or without a pandemic um, literally and actually start to see how it mm. feels like you know what I mean yes and I honestly I don't wish period poverty upon anyone honestly because it's the worst thing to go through as a woman and um, I'm just you know I think it's an eye-opener it's, it's a massive eye-opener yeah and I know Jane when we were talking the other day I sort of said to you that um when everything started and we were all running to supermarkets to stock up terrible thing to do people but people did um <laughs> yeah. to stock up and stuff the last thing people thought about and i think a lot of people didn't really think about it was um about uh, about like um tampons and pads and i'm sure there's some women mm-hmm. who sort of like stocked up on them but then when i know when i went out i was thinking about food and that kind of stuff but i didn't really stock yeah. up on it and it was only yeah. later on that i was sort of thinking that oh crap wait a minute what are we going to do for my period this month i think my supplies are running low and i had this mm. genuine feeling of worry that guys um what's going to happen if i can't buy tampons <laughs> what's going to exactly. happen if tampons and pads aren't um easily accessible and i think a lot of people a lot of women can probably relate to this feeling yeah so i think it's going Definitely. to be i think like yeah covid19 it's not like i was gonna say it's going to be a great equalizer but no it's not an equalizer but what it is it's going to make people stop a humbling moment a humbling moment yes that's it it's going Definitely to be Tracy, yeah. a real that's the word for it yeah it's a real humbling moment and i saw something on your instagram jane that said um periods mm. don't stop for pandemics yeah absolutely absolutely they have been with or without pandemics and you know it's it's something we should all focus on yeah Yeah. and at this moment i just want to take a second to just like you know shout out what jane's doing absolutely (laughs) incredible shout out once a month this is so 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 important (laughs) guys and we need to be talking about this we need to be having this conversation there is so much Mm. more that we can say about it but it's we don't we just don't have the time but this is something that we should constantly talk about and one thing that i want to definitely like you know highlight is that jane is a young woman it's a young woman who saw a problem in her community and instead of being apathetic and sitting back and just watching it happen she decided to do something so we really want to commend you jane and <laughs> say you. that well thank like, you so much well done and i know this is something that you're passionate about as well around young people standing Absolutely. up in their communities and being the change that they want to see definitely yeah. and young people is that very important young people young leaders we all need to i think we need to start um we need to start investing in it so for instance i'm young wow. i'm 17 i started this when i was 15 and I started, I started mm-hmm. to actually pay attention to this, I think, two years ago, as, as, as I said. No, in 2015, mm. I started to pay attention. Was it? No, 2017, because we're in 2020. Yeah. So 2017, I actually started to see this. And I, I was 15 at the time. Whoa. I'm 2018 this year, but I'm 17. And so, <laughs> and so, you know, like, I would have started it when I was 15. I mean, I had all the resources at the time. I could start a non-profit i had my family i had people who would be interested that i could approach 
Um, but I couldn't start it because of my mindset at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm too young. I'm just fifteen. I can't do this. I can't kickstart it and I can't do anything about it. And I just need to mm. hand it over to someone else who's older than me to do it. Right? That was my mm. mentality at the time. Not sorry. I was sorry? like, you, basically you're like, who's going to listen to this young girl? I need to leave this to the adults. Exactly. Mm. Exactly, exactly. And I think it's I, it's very sad and it's a reality that most young people um kind of think about uh the generation, the future generation are young people. Like this, these old people they're going to die, they're going to leave this world for us and we need to start to develop <laughs> we need to start to develop that attitude that we need to start looking for things in the world that we can try and change and i feel like most people they just don't know how to do it i think that's the most important part they yeah. just they can't do it they like no one is teaching them mm. how to be leaders how to have a uh, use your voice how to develop your voice in in the world and in society and to actually look for the things you know there's so many things happening but no one really like let's say for instance rallying for climate change is different from rallying for um education mm. you know what i mean and so there's so many different parts that you can help out but you just don't know how to start it and most of the people that you see starting the, these things are older people mm-hmm. and that's why i so much admire greta and nadia okamoto mm-hmm. and both they both very young people and when they started the movements that they're you know current that they founded they they were very young and um i think nadia she's um you know founder of period the menstrual movement mm-hmm. she um really inspired me because then she was you know she she was young when she started something similar to what once a month is and um i think once we have more people who are young and are making change in the world young people would definitely look up to them and be inspired mm. by them if you know what i mean so yeah um, i think it's absolutely important Wow, 100%. Wow, wow, wow. I didn't realize you're 17, Jane. This is even more so <laughs> freaking oh, wow. inspirational. Wow. I'm you. so inspired by you. I'm, I'm sure of you. Oh. And thank you. Please continue to do what you're doing, people, young people. Here's an example. Here's your peer. If you see a problem <laughs> in your community, don't just yeah. sit back and do nothing act on it reach out to your networks make something happen and you can absolutely make that thing happen Mm. so wow i mean hey guys to wrap up this incredible conversation that we've had i just want to one more time just say reiterate that the definition for period poverty is the lack of access to sanitary products menstrual hygiene education toilets hand washing facilities and waste management yeah, we need to break the harmful stigmas that currently exist around menstruation. Education is key, and this is education for both girls and boys because um, period poverty is something that affects us all. We need to. Yeah, it's a human issue. It's a human issue, like Jane says, and we need to promote safe sanitation. Guys, um, want to encourage you to go onto Jane's um, website. Um, rather once a month's website Jane what is yeah, it www.onceamonth.co.za we will um, link to that in the bio please follow um, once a month on Instagram and are you on any other social media platforms Jane 
we're on Facebook. Oh, we're on Facebook. Once a month is a day. Uh, once a month said a on Facebook yes. and also yes. and one gram. But yeah, Jane, I just want to say a massive, massive thank you for reaching out to us and um thank you for having me. I mean, it's, it's so good to have this conversation. Tracy, do you feel educated? I'm I'm sure I'm sure <laughs> that I left this conversation enlightened and you know humbled and also you know mm, um proud. I, I don't know you girl, but I'm proud of you for the steps that you're taking and and you have really yeah. opened my Thank eyes you. and I hope the listeners have learned something too and we will definitely be following you um, what can people do to promote like what <laughs> assistance do you need um, okay so basically uh, we're trying to of course we can't really go out and distribute and everything so we were planning on um, trying to help out um, you know people who unfortunately have been out of work especially women who are out of work during this crisis and we want to just um send sanitary pads to three of the townships in the Gauteng mm. area so Alexandra, Deep Sluit and Yeovil so basically it will go to homes and shelters like main big homes in Alexandra, Deep Sluit and Yeovil and then any woman who unfortunately you know is experiencing or is affected by period poverty during this time especially can then just go to the homes and ask for sanitary pads and they will be given sanitary pads and so I would just really love if, if anyone who's listening can just help out with this um you'll learn more about it on our page um on our website mm-hmm. on how to uh, give so that we can we can do this together let's get sanitary mm. pads to townships it, it can only happen if everyone if everyone you know joins hands together to help those who are in need so yeah I mean, yeah, 100%. And Jane's being polite, but for me as a fundraiser, what Jane is saying to you <laughs> is that donate people for <laughs> once a month to be able to reach as many women as possible during yeah. this crazy coronavirus pandemic. We need your donations to be able to make it happen. Please go on to onceamonth.co.za forward slash, forward slash donate to make a donation. When you get on a page, there's an amazing quote that's, that says giving is not just about donation, it's about making mm-hmm. a difference. So guys, 100%. this is your call to action. Make a difference. Visit onceamonth.co.za forward slash donate to make a donation to once a month. <laughs> yes. We are going oh. to put the link to the donate page yeah. at the in the description and you can um follow Jane on all the platforms that we mentioned earlier and once a month. This is important. We're planning a conference. Um it's called a woman conference, woman with an X. And um, it's the first we've ever done. It's happening on Zoom. And we're getting some international and professional experts to talk about women health. So talking about menstrual health, um, relationship sexual health, um, mm. mental health, medical health, and gender-based violence. So it's a six-day um, event. It's happening, starting, kick-starting on the 27th of April. So um, yeah, so we had something you can definitely check out on our website if you would like to be interested or just to know more about it um of course 100% of those funds are also going going to uh you know for this project that we're trying to do with the COVID-19 um to the three townships so yeah if you're also interested in that and if you want to gain something and also donate you know definitely be at the conference amazing um you heard it here guys wow one last thing okay so um 
when we were talking about the young leaders and um ch- making a change i just want to say that i am writing okay. a book for that um it's called change makers unite it's just a step by step guide um on how to you know put your voice out there register a nonprofit become an activist um or you know just start a social enterprise or something that you can do to make um to you know create something that actually makes a difference you know what i mean oh amazing and just to educate young people on how to um you know do these things so the book is probably coming out in in about i want to say september pre-orders okay. in september so Brilliant. yeah if anyone's nice. interested to learn how to be um to make change um as a young person in South Africa definitely this is a book you should get incredible yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's amazing girl oh wow and I know you're saying this is for young people but if it my 29 year old ass I'm getting a because I want to <laughs> make definitely definitely mm. Because anyone's going to benefit. I want to make a difference too. But yeah, okay, guys. <laughs> so if that's Tracy, did you have anything else? Nah, girl, I'm just, I'm, I'm on the website right now. I'm trying to see what I can do to make a difference. <laughs> um, you know, I mean. I know. I mean, we'll, see. <laughs> we will be donating. But yeah, guys. Okay, guys, let's sign off Um, if there's nothing else. But yeah, once again, Jane, thank you so, so, so much for joining us. People donate go on to once a month social media pages and follow mm-hmm. and really join in the conversation guys yeah, would really love to hear your stories around periods and your thoughts about around the conversation that we've had today you can listen to the podcast on anchor on anchor fm and on spotify and youtube please follow hasis at its event on instagram face and facebook um thanks once again for joining us thank you to jane until next time bye bye